Part three, section fifteen of the Dark Flower. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Dark Flower by John Galsworthy. Chapter fifteen. This then, this long trouble of body and of spirit, was what he remembered sitting in the armchair beyond his bedroom fire, watching the glow and sylvia sleeping there exhausted while the dark plane-tree leaves tapped tapped at the window in the autumn wind watching with the uncanny certainty that he would not pass the limits of this night without having made at last a decision that would not alter for even conflict wears itself out even indecision has this measure set to its miserable powers of torture that any issue in the end is better than the hell of indecision itself once or twice in those last days even death had seemed to him quite tolerable but now that his head was clear and he had come to grips death passed out of his mind like the shadow that it was nothing so simple extravagant and vain could serve him other issues had reality death none to leave sylvia and take this young love away there was reality in that but it had always faded as soon as it shaped itself and now once more it faded to put such a public and terrible affront on a tender wife whom he loved, do her to death, as it were, before the world's eyes, and then ever remorseful grow old while the girl was still young. He could not. If Sylvia had not loved him, yes, or even if he had not loved her, or if again, though loving him, she had stood upon her rights, in any of those events he might have done it. But to leave her whom he did love, and who had said to him so generously, I will not hamper you. Go to her. Would be a black atrocity. Every memory, from their boy and girl lovering, to the desperate clinging of her arms these last two nights, memory with its innumerable tentacles, the invincible strength of its countless threads, bound him to her fast. What then? Must it come, after all, to give up the girl? And sitting there by that warm fire, he shivered, how desolate, sacrilegious wasteful to throw love away to turn from the most precious of all gifts to drop and break that vase there was not too much love in the world nor too much warmth and beauty not anyway for those whose sands were running out whose blood would soon be cold could sylvia not let him keep both her love and the girls could she not bear that she had said she could but her face her eyes her voice gave her the lie so that every time he heard her his heart turned sick with pity this then was the real issue could he accept from her such a sacrifice exact a daily misery see her droop and fade beneath it could he bear his own happiness at such a cost would it be happiness at all he got up from the chair and crept toward her she looked very fragile sleeping there the darkness below her closed eyelids showed cruelly on that too fair skin and in her flax-coloured hair he saw what he had never noticed a few strands of white her softly opened lips almost colourless quivered with her uneven breathing and now and again a little feverish shiver passed up as from her heart all soft and fragile not much life not much strength youth and beauty slipping to know that he who should be her champion against age and time would day by day be placing one more mark upon her face one more sorrow in her heart, that he should do this, they both going down the years together. As he stood there holding his breath, 
bending to look at her that slurring swish of the plane tree branch flung against and against the window by the autumn wind seemed filling the whole world then her lips moved in one of those little soft hurrying whispers that unhappy dreamers utter the words all blurred with their wistful rushing and he thought i who believe in bravery and kindness i who hate cruelty if i do this cruel thing what shall i have to live for how shall i work how bear myself if i do it i am lost an outcast from my own faith a renegade from all that i believe in in kneeling there close to that face so sad and lonely that heart so beaten even in its sleep he knew that he could not do it knew it with sudden certainty and a curious sense of peace over the long struggle over at last youth with youth summer to summer falling leaf with falling leaf and behind him the fire flickered and the plane tree leaves tapped tapped he rose and crept away stealthily downstairs into the drawing-room and through the window at the far end out into the courtyard where he had sat that day by the hydrangea listening to the piano organ very dark and cold and eerie it was there and he hurried across to his studio there too it was cold and dark and eerie with its ghostly plaster presences stale scent of cigarettes and just one glowing ember of the fire he had left when he rushed out after nell those seven hours ago he went first to the bureau turned up its lamp and taking out some sheets of paper marked on them directions for his various works for the statuette of nell he noted that it should be taken with his compliments to mr drohorn he wrote a letter to his banker directing money to be sent to rome and to his solicitor telling him to let the house he wrote quickly if sylvia woke and found him still away what might she not think he took a last sheet did it matter what he wrote what deliberate lie if it helped nell over the first shock dear nell i write this hastily in the early hours to say that we are called out to italy to my only sister who is very ill we leave by the first morning boat and may be away some time i will write again don't fret and god bless m l he could not see very well as he wrote poor loving desperate child well she had youth and strength and would soon have oliver and he took yet another sheet dear oliver my wife and i are obliged to go post haste italy i watched you both at the dance the other night be very gentle with nell and good luck to you and don't say again that i told you to be patient it is hardly the way to make her love you m lennon then that then was all yes all he turned out the little lamp and groped towards the hearth but one thing left to say good-bye to her in youth and passion to the only salve for the aching that spring and beauty bring the aching for the wild the passionate the new that never quite dies in a man's heart ah well sooner or later all men had to say good-bye to that all men all men he crouched down before the hearth there was no warmth in that fast blackening ember but it still glowed like a dark red flower and while it lived he crouched there as though it were that to which he was saying good-bye and on the door he heard the girl's ghostly knocking and beside him a ghost among the ghostly presences she stood slowly the glow blackened till the last spark had faded out then by the glimmer of the night he found his way back softly as he had come to his bedroom sylvia was still sleeping and to watch for her to wake he sat down again by the fire 
in silence only stirred by the frail tap-tapping of those autumn leaves and the little catch in her breathing now and then was less troubled than when he had bent over her before as though in her sleep she knew he must not miss the moment of her waking must be beside her before she came to full consciousness to say there there it's all over we are going away at once at once to be ready to offer that quick solace before she had time to plunge back into her sorrow was an island in this black sea of night a single little refuge point for his bereaved and naked being something to do something fixed real certain and yet another long hour before her waking he sat forward in the chair with that wistful eagerness his eyes fixed on her face staring through it at some vision some faint glimmering light far out there beyond as a traveller watches a star the end end of section fifty three end of the dark flower by john galsworthy